Daniel Matson is a 47-year-old man, 47-year-old man who has experienced same-sex attraction in varying degrees since he was six years of age. He was baptized a Catholic, but during his youth his family left the Catholic Church and joined an evangelical Protestant community. Not surprisingly, Dan eventually left Christianity altogether. In his autobiography, which I'm currently reading, he talks very candidly about how over a number of years he came to reject God, identify himself as gay, and adopt the gay lifestyle. It's very clear from what he writes in his book, he was looking for love. He was looking for happiness. And that was a good thing. Everyone does that. We all look for love and happiness in this life. However, because of his woundedness, his woundedness that was rooted in his past experiences, he was looking for that love, looking for that happiness in all the wrong places. As he said in his book, In my life, the seeds of my same-sex attraction are all clear to me. Seeds sown with my neighbor when I was a boy. Seeds of teasing and alienation from other boys. Seeds of envy stemming from doubts about my body. Seeds from gruff men and a father who sometimes intimidated and scared me. And seeds from rejection from women, as well as a mother who had an unhealthy and controlling attachment to me because of her own wounds. Throw a very large dose of pornography into the mix and you have the formula for producing a very misguided and mixed-up young man. That was Dan Matson. What led him to God, and ultimately back to the Catholic Church, interestingly enough, was his experience of suffering. The experience of suffering that he had after a couple of broken relationships, one with a man, the other with a woman. In an attempt to help Dan deal with his pain, his Catholic godparents invited him to attend the National Conference of Courage, which was being held that year on the campus of Villanova University. Now, for those who aren't familiar with Courage, it's an organization that provides pastoral care and support to men and women who experience same-sex attraction but who have made the choice to live chaste lives by following the teachings of the Catholic Church. It's a great organization. We have a chapter here in Rhode Island. If anyone wants information on Courage, you can see me. Father James Ruggieri, I believe, is the chaplain for that group in our state. Dan's participation in that conference, and specifically in the opening Mass, is what changed his life. As he said in his book, before the Mass began, I wasn't a practicing Catholic, but somewhere during the hour-long Mass, I decided to be reconciled with the Church. Of course, that meant he had to go to confession, which he did. Listen now to the description of that experience that Dan gives in his book, description of what it meant to him. I saw a priest who was free and walked up to him nervously. Father, I said, 
I haven't been to confession in over 30 years. I'm not sure what to do. He guided me through the process with a fatherly love and compassion. I told him everything. Everything from the very beginning. All my moments of shame, all of my moments of addiction, all the furtive search for happiness in the dead ends of sexual pleasure. I poured out a lifetime of sin and sorrow in one liberating moment of emancipation and release. And then he raised his hand above my head and said the most glorious words anyone has ever said to me. Those are the words of absolution from the priest. He says, I had never felt so free, so liberated in all my life. These weren't empty words. I experienced joy, abundant, ebullient, and overpowering joy as he said those words. The words of the priests have power, given to them from Christ while he was still among us, after he was raised from the dead. A power unimaginable, the power to forgive sins. As I left the priest to go back to my pew, I knew truly that all of my sins had been forgiven through the grace of Christ and the power of the priest to forgive sins. I knew this just as surely as the Roman centurion who, on the day of Christ's last breath on the cross, as St. Matthew tells us, said, Truly this was the Son of God. I knew that here, at last, my sins had been forgiven. I went to bed with joy and peace in my heart, looking forward to the next day when I would finally be able to partake of the body and blood of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. That's a powerful testimony. I tell you this story today for a reason. Notice who's back with us this morning. It's John the Baptist. John the Baptist with his message of repentance. John makes an appearance every Advent and every Lent in at least one of our Sunday Gospel passages. doesn't matter what cycle of readings we're in, cycle A or cycle B, which is the cycle we're in this liturgical year, or cycle C. doesn't matter. John is always there preparing the way for Jesus. That, of course, was his role in salvation history, as prophesied by Isaiah in today's first reading and as reiterated by St. Mark in today's Gospel. John was sent to prepare the way for the Lord and to make straight his paths. That means, quite simply, that if you want the Lord to have a straight path into your heart, if you want Jesus Christ to be more fully present in your life, you need to heed the words of John the Baptist and repent of your sins. There's no other way. That's what Dan Matson came to understand at that Mass during the Courage Conference. It's also what St. Peter believed when he wrote today's second reading. It's what moved St. Peter in that text to urge us to take advantage of the patience of God and to turn away from our sins now. Not two days from now, not a week from now, not a month, now. Peter wrote there, the Lord is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Later on, he added, be eager to found, be found without spot or blemish before him at peace. 
be eager, as eager as Dan Matson was at that conference. I also told that story today because it says something important to us about confession. Confession is the normal way for Catholics to have their serious sins forgiven after baptism, the normal way. It's a great gift from God through which we can respond to the call of John the Baptist to turn away from our sins. And yet we can so easily neglect the gift, can't we? We can so easily take it for granted. That's the, that's the thought that came to me as I read Dan's story the other day. Well, here's a guy, Dan Matson, who definitely did not take the gift for granted. Here's a guy who had his life transformed because, unlike many Catholics today, he made an honest and a thorough confession of his sins in the sacrament. Notice, he didn't make excuses for what he had done. He didn't hold anything back. He didn't rationalize his sins away. He didn't fail to confess something that he knew deep down inside he needed to confess. Dan Matson put it all out there. He brought every serious sin he could possibly remember to Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior, through the priest in the sacrament, and Jesus Christ faithfully took all those sins away, giving Dan a joy, giving Dan a peace in his heart that he had never known before. John the Baptist, my brothers and sisters, would love it. John the Baptist would highly approve. John the Baptist would be greatly pleased. Of course, the really important question of the day is, would he, would John the Baptist be just as pleased with us when we go to confession?